CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. Um, and we started early uh, for just Jordan. Uh, apparently, one minute early. Wow! You know, we were we were just go getters, champing at that bit. Um, Is it chomping or champing? I thought that was. I a think thing. it's both. I thought it, I thought I thought it wasn't chomping, and that's why I didn't say chomping. It's also from from Curb. I'm quoting Curb oh, over here too. Yeah. Um, anyways, hit that thumbs up button for us starting early. Uh, it's. A huge day. We got a lot of Dylan Cease reporting this week, uh, going back to Jeff Passan, kind of giving more of a trade deadline note, saying he still expected Dylan Cease to be traded this offseason. And then yesterday, last night, around 1130, Ken Rosenthal uh, published a piece saying that the Yankees and Orioles are among those to express sincere interest. And again, kind of repeating that it seems likely that Dylan Cease this offseason will be traded. So we'll be talking about the... New teams that have been added, mainly the New York Yankees, their interest. Uh, maybe if the Orioles do have all these prospects, will they ever pull the trigger? Um, and we'll talk about the other teams that have been included but might not be as serious of threats. Because I, I really do, at some point, want to have the correct projected trade. I want to, I want, we're going to have so much time, I think, at least a week to come up with the exact trade before it happens. You want to just dig through the archives so we can make a little like Instagram video that's like, Sean called it, even though no, it's like one of the 15 things you laid out. We have three brains here. I want this to be a, a team effort. All right. I want, I want to hear all thoughts and opinions. I want to hear the, the chat's opinions. Uh, I've learned a lot about the Yankees prospects over the, uh, the, the past 12 hours. I, uh, when we did our thing with Jared two days ago, I had, uh, the Mets and the Yankees in the top 15, but outside of the top 10. Uh, and it, it has been su- at least surprising to see the Yankees be more serious or more sincere than other teams. I mean, hey, I think we've been kind of circling this idea for a while now of, hey, the White Sox are going to wait until certain free agents are off the board, certain tra- other trade targets, as we've seen trades happen too, involving starting pitchers off the board. And then the teams left standing, maybe are going to be the ones to go to them, who was highly in on uh, Yoshinobu not Yamamoto, the New York Yankees, the Mets as well. Um, it's I don't think it should be surprising to see those teams mentioned because this is kind of the strategy that we were hearing all the way dating back to, to late November. Right? Yeah, I agree. That's These teams are have a lot of money. And they missed out on the big free agent. So what better to get a top market pitcher for less? They're like, whoa, we missed out on Yamamoto, but wow, we can get this guy for all it's going to cost us is prospects that are most definitely probably not going to play this year. Baby, we're in. And hey, too, you look at the Dodgers and, and what they've done in response to getting quickly ousted from the playoffs, watching a team in their division make the World Series, trying to make sure that something like that doesn't happen again for a team that's really dominated the NL West all these years. You look at the crazy lengths that they're going to. How about the desperation the New York Yankees have to be feeling? Obviously, they've made a huge move in getting Yo- in getting Juan Soto, but like this team didn't make the playoffs at all last year. Fourth place in an extraordinarily competitive AL East in which I don't even think you can count out the team that finished behind them as we move forward into 2024, the Boston Red Sox. 
it's you know this is a team that never misses the postseason they missed the postseason if you thought the Dodgers were like all right we got to push it all in because we were swept out of the L, uh, the LDS last year how about the Yankees push maybe pushing uh, their chips in because they didn't miss, make the playoffs at all yeah and think about I think Brian Cashman he's mm-hmm. been there for a long long time and the championships haven't been coming as of like what is it 09 yeah last one he won so yeah missing the playoffs last year and seeing other teams getting better in front of him even like you said Boston got better so you got my guy Lucas uh, doubled up his number right 54 now and he's like okay yes getting one will help our offense but we still need a guy behind Garrett Cole to bolster this starting rotation because last year we didn't have as much as we wanted to and so yeah Getting uh, Dylan Cease would be a very valuable thing for them because Brian Cashman, I think, maybe not on the hot seat, he can be at the end of this year. Yeah, I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. I mean, especially with the Yankees, how much they spend. They spent 300 plus on Garrett Cole, 300 plus on Aaron Judge. They will likely spend on Juan Soto, you'd think, if they're going out and trading him or at least be in that conversation. Uh, and since 2013, they only have two division titles, uh, 2022 and 2019. Uh, so no World Series since 2009. Hey, those are tough to pull off. Uh, but, I mean, even then, they haven't been dominating the AL East. And I think that's the real interesting thing is, Ken saying the teams that are expressing sincere interest are the teams within the same division and the Yankees have to say or at least be in that position of they want it more I mean the Yankees again missed the playoffs they are not uh, with the number one farm system they don't have uh, a team that just won 101 games like they need to prove that they can beat the Orioles it's a weird thing to say and the Rays and the the Blue Jays (laughs) And and the Blue Jays so like it makes sense that the Orioles were they might be in more of a prospect hugging feel or, or, or you know situation right now. And think about the Yankees two situation where the Dodgers outbid them for two players. Now they weren't necessarily in the Otani thing, but for Yamamoto they're in, and they had a chance to offer him more. And they decided not to. So I'm guaranteeing Yankee fans are on Brian Cashman's ass. Like, you let the Dodgers do two of those big-ass signings. We're the goddamn Yankees. We should be in all conversations and not losing these conversations to the Dodgers. And you just talked about the Orioles. Imagine if the Yankees lose them to the Mets or the Orioles. You don't think Yankee fans are going to be on him immediately. It's like, we got we got better. We're better than that, and we're losing to the Dodgers, the Orioles, the Mets. That's not us. We're the Yankees. We're the evil empire. Now people hate the Dodgers more than us. That's ridiculous. Right, and to kind of maybe re-rack what we did with Jared, the teams that are maybe most likely to acquire Dylan Cease, I, I would put the Yankees at number one just because it does seem like they are the most motivated uh, to make it happen, right? They're they're motivated. They're, they're making it happen. I think the Yankees are probably one, especially with the, the outside pressures. Uh, Joel Sherman in the New York Post, uh, he's uh, released an article after Ken Rosenthal. Uh, he says, as for Cease, the Mets are not viewed as the favorites. If any team is, it's the prospect-rich Orioles. Um, obviously, the Dodgers and Yankees are cons- uh considered among suitors but I think I would go Yankees Orioles Dodgers as as our top three currently I know people have brought up that Ryan Pepio seemed to be the guy that the White Sox and Dodgers maybe could have agreed on in a trade but it didn't seem like the rest of that deal ever lined up for the Dodgers they've also only unloaded 
Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. So from a very top five prospect rich team. So they could still make a move. And again, we've obviously seen as, you know, the Yankees always expect to be in on it. The Dodgers are looking to win the World Series and maybe even buy the World Series in 2024. So Because it worked so well for the Mets last year. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. You could either try to buy the World Series or not. Yeah. I mean, hey, and then, you're, and then you're the Mets and you're sitting at home and you're watching the NL champion Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, as we all predicted. It, it happened. Uh, so if our top three are Yankees, Orioles, Dodgers, I think there is a significant gap between Cardinals, Red Sox, Mets. We've seen the Cardinals make moves already for starting pitching. So maybe I'd put them six. We're hearing the Mets are interested, but they really don't have the ammo. I think prospect-wise, a headliner to maybe get a cease deal done. I'd put them at five. Uh, and then four, the Red Sox are a weird team. It seems like maybe the White Sox are most interested out of the, those three, the bottom three teams in what the Red Sox could offer. Um, in certain guys like uh, who's the kid with the weird first name Roman Anthony um, that's I, weird well it's got a last name for a first name a first name for a last <laughs> I think name so yeah well we were talking about uh, Roman uh, yeah. from on the radio and it's like I, I think someone brought up like oh I've never heard that first name Roman so it's like succession the dude that used to be on 99.5 and then the Boston Red Sox project. and Roman Reigns and, Ro and Roman Reigns. Uh, is that his real name? I don't know. Okay. It's fictitious. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Red Sox would be four. So, I mean, it does it does seem like this, there's six teams, especially with Ken saying that the Reds and Braves have gone their separate ways with Sale and uh, and Frankie Montas. So, uh, I mean, do you, do you expect it to be Yankees-Orioles? Are you not ruling out the Dodgers? If there's six teams being reported, do you think that all six of those teams are in? Should we rule out the Cubs and Diamondbacks? The Cubs, yes. They haven't done anything. Um, no, sorry. They got a catcher today. I was going to say, they just got someone from the Rockies. Boo. They made a Ooh. waiver claim. Let's <laughs> all Brian calm down. Brian or some shit like that. A backup catcher. But Let's go. I think They're you, Sebi Zavala. You never count on the Dodgers, so you keep them in there all the time. And, of course, I would say that the Orioles are the favorite because they have the best of the prospects that the White Sox are looking for. And I see somebody asking about Jackson Holiday. It's not going to happen. The Orioles are going to have him playing for them. Uh, I don't know if on the opening day, but I think in this year he will be playing as a Baltimore Oriole. So you got to look at two, three, four, five, and below that, not altogether, but those are the type of people that are coming to the White Sox. Like the Norbies, the Ortizes, the uh, oh. Kirkestad. Let's take a break because I, I, I get your point, but also, like you were saying yesterday, you might be disappointed with a return, and we were trying to figure out expectations. Joel Sherman had a, a part in his piece about what the expectation could be, or at least what the White Sox are looking for now. We could talk about that, and then if... Again, as Alfonso brings up, if the Orioles don't want to give up Jackson Holiday and two uh, scrubs, they're not buying. Uh, but even then, like the Kowser and Kersted part, we talked about that before the show. I think it's fair to maybe bring that up and see if the Orioles are even willing to go to the price to, to pay for, for Dylan Cease. Uh, let's take a break, though, and let people know about our friends over at Com. Ed, it's easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. It's something that we can all get behind for the health of our planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it, Ben. 
That's true. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Or if you have a whole fleet of electric tomorrow albums in your electric truck. It's true. Uh, what should business owners do, though, if they have you know all those albums clanking around in their truck? It's a great question. What they should do is go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes. Why do you keep asking me that? Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Thank you, Vinny. I keep doing it because it's written for me, just like it says, all three of you must sing this next jingle. Five eight eight two three hundred Empire today. With Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best pr- place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats. But Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speeds. So competitors advertise low quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in yours. Empire keeps shopping for floors with Simple with a curated product selection, a high quality product selection, and they're not going to overwhelm you with thousands of choices. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need for your home that will last a very, very long time. And you can check out this uh, curated selection over at their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Uh, our guy Jim is saying uh, O's is the way to go. Well, that's Ooh. that's great if you're a White Sox fan. Right. But well, you, you, the wishing that you could have the guys from the top farm system in baseball, and the guy, the top farm system in baseball, the team with that farm system, willing to trade those guys away, are two very different things. And so, yeah, from the White Sox perspectives, they should go try to get the best players. But it takes two to tango. And if the Orioles aren't going to be the team that meets the White Sox price, but the Yankees are, but the, uh, what's another team you brought up? The, the Cardinals are, whoever else is, then that's the way you got to go. You can't just sit around and say, oh, but I want Kajustin Herstad or whatever his name is. You can't just say that, so I'm not going to trade with anybody else. You got to take what's being offered out there. Well, and but maybe the thing is, is, and maybe the reason we're seeing these reports, Joel Sherman saying the Orioles are the favorites and maybe they might right now have the best offer, but even then it still might not be the Orioles' best offer, right? There, there could still be ways or floor for the Orioles to go up. They might be offering two and three, Heston Kierstad uh, and Colton Kowser, right? But as Joel Sherman reports, the button. Uh, relax, uh, as Joel Sherman says, executives who've checked in on CIS, uh says the asking price has been three premium prospects. So it's not, it's, it's Heston Kierstad, it's Colton Kowser Done. and more. I know. Okay, relax. They, they're offering you more. No, they're not. We're, we're asking for more, but those two guys, those two guys, okay, I heard it was an either or though. Right, but we, uh, I know, we don't know the actual deal no that's what i'm just telling you if it's those two guys and he's hearing those names yes he might have went in with i want three quality top prospects 
But if you get those two guys in particular, but... Yeah, but if you have the Yankees and Orioles, two teams that are competing with each other, maybe you can get the price closer to your asking price. Like, maybe that's what's happening. Like, why are you hitting the deal? Like... Like, because you just cut off the people. Orioles GM before he was going to offer you another prospect. Could those... you imagine be her being the GM? Oh, we'll man. offer you Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, and nope, deal. But also, we don't, we don't want not, anyone else. They're we just not, want those two. There's no, nothing saying they're offering those No, guys. Right, right. No, I know. Exactly. I, and right. so no. that, I guess my point, too, is you've, every day we've got fans in the comment section saying White Sox should be going for this uh, Orioles prospect. White Sox should be going for this Orioles prospect. The Orioles have spent years putting themselves in a position to have those guys play on their team. And obviously, if you have depth, if you have a, a surplus, if you have assets that can make you better in, a, in an area where you are lacking, that's part of the reason you go through this rebuilding prospect and or pro, uh, prog, excuse me, project, and you have all of those uh, prospects at your disposal to do that. But as we were talking about earlier, Sean, the Orioles outfield, which is very talented at the moment, you know, full of really good players, but players who are kind of from the previous era before these young guys started coming up not saying they're not great contributors they are but a Santander a Cedric Mullins guys we were bringing up uh, Hayes Mountcastle these guys don't have maybe the longevity that those top prospects would have I mean you're talking about Herstad and Kowser what if the Orioles just want those guys to be their their outfielders for the next eight years you know like that's that's probably they've probably made a long-term plan in which those guys are starring are playing starring roles, not necessarily just expendable guys at the tip, tippy top of the farm system to go get something else. They are, they, I'm sure, are having much the same conversations that the White Sox were having, you know, several years ago when they were kind of in this upswing of their rebuilding project that never actually, you know, came to fruition. But fans were having this same, these same hypothetical conversations where it was like. Oh, do you trade? Uh, do you trade some of the young guys they've got now that are part of their plan to make sure you can go get that guy that's really good right now, that pitcher? But you know, at the time, if if you would have, if if, if somebody uh, on another podcast somewhere else would have been like, well, you know, the uh, the team action do this deal unless they're getting Eloy Jimenez and uh, and Yoan Moncada from the White Sox, you'd you'd all hang up your imaginary phone immediately, right? I mean that, and I think that there's a lot of folks probably in the Orioles uh, organization who are like these are our guys these, these are this is the plan it's they're we're they're not they're not this just expendable piece to get one or two seasons of a guy this is our eight-year cornerstone this is what we've been building toward yeah and even as her brought up I mean you look at baseball prospectus most recent top 10 for the Orioles prospects uh, it doesn't even include Kowser and uh, Kierstad as their as, as top three prospects uh, holiday is the consensus number one in that system uh, but then baseball prospectus has Samuel Basalo a catcher and first baseman at number two Kobe Mayo at three uh, Heston Kerstad at four Colton Kowser uh, at five and then Enrique Bradfield jr. who's an outfielder as well you even brought up Joey Ortiz he's at nine and I think he's still in uh, MLB top 100s uh, prospects ranking down in 91. Uh, he's a he's a shortstop slash middle infielder, uh, and they even have another one uh, closing out at 10, Mac Horvath, who's an infield outfielder. So, I mean, I understand the point that maybe they do have Colton Kowser thinking as their you know future left fielder or right fielder, but I mean they 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 might even have a guy that at 10 who could still be a future you know outfielder like that, that, their their prospect fit system is so deep and that's why this is a discussion and that's why i'm sure that 
folks in Baltimore, people who work for the Orioles, the GM and, and, and more, are having these conversations and finding it really hard, right? Because we just brought up completely opposite ways that could go, and they both seem like, well, they both could turn out well, but which one are you going to do? Which which high-risk move do you do there? Um you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have, I guess. But at the end of the day, is it going to get you Dylan C's for what you want to give up for him? Or are you going to just be like, you know what, maybe not. Yeah. And some of these teams might have trouble pulling the trigger on Dylan C's, not because of the player, just because of the deal. If you're sending two to three top players the other way that you know are probably going to be in the major leagues soon, it's going to be tough for only two years. Are these is Dylan Cease going to put you over the top? Because you've already won the AL East. Is you are are you a Dylan Cease move away from winning the AL, from winning the World Series? Maybe you think so. I think they are. They don't real. They have a top of the rotation arm, and I know you love Grayson a lot, Rodriguez a lot. So well, he's not going to be included in a package. Though. No, no. I'm just saying, yeah. like on their on their rotation, like they have good arms. But do they have – all right, Bradish is good, but is Dylan Cease slightly better than Bradish? Like, yeah. does that put them over so. the top of the AL East, and then does that propel them to top dog in the AL? And that's why you don't pull the trigger on those deals. Otherwise, this would be a no-brainer to me if I'm the Orioles guys. I have a stocked outfield with other outfielders in the prospects waiting for it even if I give up more outfielders. So there's no problem with me giving up some people who won't be on this team or are currently blocked. Like that Joey Ortiz won't play probably for the Orioles because, as you said, you got people already there. Gunnar Henderson's going to be there. Jackson Holiday's going to be there. So where's Joey Ortiz going to play? So might as well. It's. I think that the hesitancy comes in from right, a person's own job security and not wanting to make a mistake with the Dylan Cease trade. We'll, we'll take a quick break. Um, I, I want to add something real quick because you talked about there's not a lot of downsides with Cease. There was something that popped up today that uh, maybe people could be a little bit off and maybe not be, you know, maybe be hesitant to match that top three premium prospect list. Uh, but also there was a report in Ken Rosenthal about what maybe the White Sox are expecting uh, to headline a package uh, obviously Joel Sherman reporting top three premium prospects but the type of prospects the type of players type of positions uh, maybe that has changed for the Sox uh, final thing though on Cease and maybe what could be negatives for him uh, this is from Nick Pollock uh, pitcher list founder uh, you can follow him at pitcher list uh, it's a Cease scouting report in a way uh, and he talked about Cease's current major issues. Vinny, you can take a nap if you'd like to. There's going to be some things that you uh, you don't major really issues. like here. Um, but uh, so verse right-handers, right-handed batters, uh, Nick is saying that Cease has poor fastball location and a high uh, ICR, which is... Um, That's a new one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, 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 that was one I had to look up today. Uh, and it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's... I don't know if I, I love it, but it's... Uh, it's a thing. It's ideal contact rate. Uh, so it's basically how hard are you hitting it? Are you hitting it solidly? Are you flaring uh, balls? Like, are, are you making solid contact? And that one makes sense. Right-handers off of Dylan Cease's 
fastball have a high ideal contact rate. So they hit his fastball hard, uh, his slider versus right-handers. And this is in 2023. It had a sub 60% strike rate and a 47% ICR. In 2022, it was 21%. So a nearly 20% jump in ideal contact rate. And then his curve is kind of a, a, a whatever pitch uh, against right-handed batters. And then against lefties, uh, his fastball got crushed, only a 7% swinging strike rate. His slider is good, but hittable. And uh, curve is only a 55% strike rate. And obviously we know that as he's got a four walk per nine. Uh, strikes have always been an issue for Dylan. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are some possible downsides that some of these teams are looking at and saying like, the price is just too high. And maybe the desperation of the Yankees is really the the best thing for the White Sox right now. And we'll take a break and, and talk about that. Uh, let's jump into our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. Uh, week 18 is coming up. There's games on Saturday and Sunday for the final regular season week of the NFL. And you should download our friends Circa Sportsbook uh, if you are going to be placing any wagers this weekend. Uh, they got tight money line splits, a low hold models. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on Circa Sports Menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. And also, too, if you're looking to bet on the national championship game on Monday, Monday, uh, Circa had the only Michigan minus four lines. Uh, all the other lines are Michigan uh, minus four and a half, uh, and they some of those lines are at minus 115. You could take Michigan minus four at minus 110 uh, if you like the Wolverines over at Circa Sportsbook. And Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do not limit players. Circa wants your action, and they want to know you know how you would move the lines if you are a sharp better. Uh, so uh, there are real people behind Circa Sportsbook who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat bots and all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So you will be taken care of if you do run into an issue with our friends Circa Sportsbook. Uh, download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app. That's circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today and also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or some of you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB833-234, or visit are you really winning.com? You guys are very familiar, of course, with the bobbleheads, but where are they today? Because we've got a new setup behind us, if you notice. We move the furniture around in here. And so, Southpaw with the classic uh, orange White Sox flag and Tim Anderson waiting for the red line. They're, they're maybe in some different places today, but you guys know them well from watching us every single day. So, Go over to FOCO. That's who donated those wonderful bobbleheads. You go show them some love and get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's always baseball season, so go ahead and grab Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, and get yourself a bag set for that freezing cold late March opening day at the rate. Everything you need for a game. Uh, you guys have seen the set decorations, so go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-sale pre-sale items. Go ahead, or for all non-presale items, that is, go ahead and use that promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. We appreciate uh, Beef Loaf in the chat saying smash that like button. We're at 23 likes and 66 people watching, so we'd appreciate if you haven't hit that like button yet. Hit that like button. If you're not subscribed, maybe this is the first time you're watching CHGO Sports, uh, hit that subscribe button. We got you covered on all Chicago sports, whether it be Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, if you are a baseball fan, it's always baseball season. It's always baseball uh, season. We, we cover the Cubs as well. And we, hey, we, we go down to the nitty gritty. We got uh, our, our guy, Chris Pennett, who's uh, a Jeopardy champion uh, covering our sky coverage. Uh, we got Red Star coverage. We got fire coverage. So, uh, you know, 
uh, make make sure you're supporting us over here at CHGO Sports and uh, Beef Loaf too. Had uh, Jeff Passan on uh, their show last night. It was good. Had uh, some 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 words about Kenny and uh, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting to hear. Uh, so make sure you check that out if you uh, if you're looking for more baseball content or White Sox content after today. Uh, so going back to Ken's article, the White Sox trying to inject, uh, inject additional talent seem virtually certain to move Cease, their most valuable trade commodity. They're staying open-minded on the composition of the return and are not necessarily inclined to favor a team that could include major league-ready pitching, sources say. And I think that's obviously a great thing. I, I feel like it's very you know easy to deduce why it could be a good thing. You are trying to get the best talent. It doesn't need to be pitching talent. It doesn't need to be outfield or third base talent the best talent the best chip on the table will likely you know always be a driver and say hey we're we're getting this from the the Yankees can you match it and uh like if whether that be Dominguez or whether that be uh Spencer Jones we'll we'll get into a second um I think it's a great thing that that's being reported because we talked about expectations and how expectations could might or might not be met on the cease uh return package being closed-minded, having something very specific in mind could lead to a bad package. If the White Sox are leaving all options on the table, they are considering, again, I think, the most valuable return possible, which well, that's, is obvious, that's, an obvious thing. I that's think. not out of line from either, A, how the previous regime at least talked. You know, Rick Hahn always said things that indicated that he was keeping all his options on the table. Chris Getz has, has said a lot of things about not really discounting anything, even if he has been a little bit more specific in times with his answers to certain questions, um, you know, here in the early going of his tenure as GM. But, you know, I, I, I personally have been thinking that they have, would prefer to have some pitching because who wouldn't prefer to have some pitching? Uh, and we heard Chris Getz say that at uh, the GM meetings that – the White Sox had this great need in the starting rotation and that any trade that they would make would probably need to address that need. Well, they've made a lot of moves to address that need. We've talked about how they might not be the greatest and grandest, you know, uh, of um, additions to that rotation. But, hey, they've got a volume of guys that they can pick from there that might now make it more able to. Well, they don't need pitching for 2024 specifically in that starting rotation because they can cobble something together with the guys that they've got. Uh, and then two, when you look down at the farm system, we've talked about a very small number of players who have, uh, you know, a long-term projection as part of this group or a, as cornerstones, maybe Colson Montgomery being one of them, Edgar Caro, another, maybe Brian Ramos, depending on how things go with him. But Really, the, the pitching is probably a more promising group than the position pro, uh, players when you're talking about prospects because of all those trades they made at the deadline last year. When you take into account the full scope of Nestrini, Eater, Bush, you can throw Noah Schultz in there who's way down there. but Throw a Jordan Leisure, too. Well, but but a, but a reliever, you know what yeah, I mean? A right. reliever. But I mean, but I mean, I, and then you can throw in guys that were around before in in Cannon, Palette, uh, Amena, uh, those kind of guys. Again, I'm not saying that all of those are going to be no doubt major league starters one day or or anytime soon, but they have some some promise down there that they maybe didn't have before those trades. They don't necessarily have to say we need minor league pitching right now because we don't have any and we and we want uh to to address that need in the farm system they've got some guys there that could be promising that being said i think if you were to ask what's one thing that every team in baseball wants young pitching obviously i think if there was a team where they could match up in that regard they'd be very happy but 
yeah, like you said, don't take anything off the table and go ahead and get guys who could add to that group of future cornerstones that go along with Montgomery and Carroll. I really like the Music's Place uh, quote there. I really want to get Heston Kyrgyzstan as well. That's <laughs> funny. It's hilarious. But to speak to the point you're making, yeah, of course, you should only take the best deal no matter who the position player and or pitchers are. If they are the best offer that you have for Dylan C's, take it but for the White Sox I would think it would be more I guess smart to get a pitcher back because they don't sign big-time pitchers they don't draft and develop big-time pitchers was the last one Carlos Rodon that they drafted cultivated and he came up and it took a while and exactly it took a while so that would be my plan for them I mean we think about it it's Lucas when they got he was he was from another organization. Same thing with Dylan Cease. So this would be my only thing. Like, if you're not in the market for what pitchers cost today, and we knew Jerry wasn't in the market for what pitchers cost yesterday. Today, they're out of his range. So I would just think, like, if you have a big-time pitching prospect, and, yeah, maybe he's not as good as that hitting prospect, for the White Sox, you might say, mm, for giving up that pitcher, we might want to pitch her back and we'll take fewer or less than what we would usually take. You would want them to take less? Slightly. After, uh, no, you but wouldn't. Like slightly because of the White Sox, how they operate. But hold on. But that's a lot of old scars. That's a lot of. But look at I the mean, current roster. Look at the current st- starting rotation. Who's there for more than two years? Right, but that's the thing is like that those are Rick and Han, that's Rick and Kenny's mistakes. Yeah. And this is Brian Bannister's new regime. And I think so far. A lot of these moves, I, I I think the one move, and this is why this is what you get for doing a podcast for five days a week. I think the one move that I've questioned Brian Bannister on is in the who the, the in the one acquisition where they cut Dylan Cron, or Declan Cronin, oh, yeah. they should have cut Sammy Peralta for their forty man roster. So like I I so far I I have seen the Brian Bannister ways. I have seen the light. I think that they got a the right person in charge, and I think it's such a drastic 180 from how they typically operated in the Ken and Rick era when it comes to pitching. So you we haven't even seen a Brian Bannister draft yet. I mean, it won't be his draft, but yes, I got you. I mean, he will it, it is sure seen that he is, he has been extremely influential in their their pitching selection. I'm sure. So I mean, I I I would assume that if they're scouting any pitchers and also, I mean, Noah Schultz looks pretty damn good. Like I mean, like it does I I I think that Pre-pandemic, you're right, but it, it does seem post-pandemic there has been a, a lot of change with the addition of Ethan Katz and then even furthermore with Brian Bannister. But um, those guys are years away. Years. What do you Noah Schultz is years away? Years away from being a major league pitcher. What's sure, your, but, what's this team's, but when's this team going to be c- contending? Years, but I'm saying like you should get some, you should get another person to go along with that because we know they're not going to be in there with the other teams in the next year's free agency or when it's time to trade for a pitcher, they're not going to be in it. So this is how you acquire top pitchers and have them in your starting rotation because we know they're been bad at drafting them and cultivating them. And I know that you just said that this is a new regime, but why am I supposed to trust this new regime? Am I supposed to just give them? Uh, a free pass? No, but I, mean, I don't understand, what, yeah, I don't what, understand do. what Carlos Rodon <laughs> has to do with Brian Bannister, and the, except the fact that they crossed over at San Francisco. 
Like what 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 is Brian Bannister have to do with the White Sox selecting no, fucking what's his face? I'm just Carson saying they Fulmer don't they don't the do their twenty fifteen. They draft. don't do their own they don't develop their own talent for pitching. They haven't, but Brian Bannister, the guy who is now in charge of developing pitching, hasn't developed shit because he hasn't been in the he's been what here You're September? giving respect that hasn't been earned. I'm not giving any respect. I'm gonna give him the respect because he's done well in Boston and San Francisco. I could look at hey, where did where did he come from? Oh wow, they've been good at developing pitching. So it seems like if this guy knows how to develop it, they've been also good at opening the checkbook too. It's a different team. The Giants are, have been known to not sign jack shit. They have a huge payroll, and they're willing to go and sign the people. Who have they converted on? Who? Who, Who have they, they converted con- on? Robbie. They don't got Aaron Judge. They don't got Carlos Correa. They don't got fucking Yamamoto. They, they don't, don't got Otani. They got Robbie Ray, and they got that Korean player. They traded for Robbie Ray, and they signed him for 113 million. Still. That, how, that's how, opening up the checkbook. Have the White Sox opened up the checkbook? No, but I mean that's, that, that's a lot that's different the, than the Red Sox. That's the team he's on. That's what I'm saying. You got you're telling me he did well on two other teams. You have to deal with the reality of the White Sox, the top guy, and it comes down. I, I understand. So that that's that, what that I'm the saying. Top I can't guy, give but a, the top guy also just made changes to everyone below. Yeah, you so want to give me give him? You want me to give him respect because he did well on some other organization? Shit. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's like I'm, I'm just I'm, saying. Like Brian, so let him Brian do something. Let him do something first, and then. All right. Well, here let me bring up uh, uh, some some AAA uh, stuff plus stuff from Alex Spees. I remember I was like, who the hell is this Alex Spees guy? Uh, he's he's top what ten I think. Uh, in, in Stuff Plus, there you go. And then, hey, uh, Jordan Leisure, who they acquired. And, hey, Brian Banster wasn't even around. Uh, a fastball uh, uh, Stuff Plus of 123 and a slider of 126. He was number one in all of AAA in Stuff Plus. Thank you, uh, TJ Stats on Twitter. So, I mean, I, it does feel different in the way that they have been developing pitching. And I, I don't know. Uh, where the hell are we going? <laughs> What's, I feel dizzy. You got some Yankees guys you want to talk about, don't you? I do. Yeah. Thank you. Um so, their top three prospects are Spencer Jones, uh, outfielder, 6'6". He's huge. He's very big. Uh, <laughs> his highest level so far has been double uh, A. Uh, they list him on Fangraphs as a center fielder. Uh, second is Austin Wells. He has reached Major League Baseball last year in September. He's 24 and a half, basically. Uh, again, he's a catcher, and he has already made it up to Major League Baseball. And then third is... Jason Dominguez, he is 20 years old. Two S's. Still? Uh, yes, two two S's, but still pronounced Jason. Um, Jason is, I, yeah, okay, so February 7th is his birthday. Uh, they list him at 20.9, so I just wanted to make sure that he's not 21 yet. Uh, so he's still 20, going to be 21 in February. He's a center fielder, um, and he has made it up to the major leagues. He was a September call-up, and he has a little bit of an interesting story. Uh, was promoted September 1st, made his major league debut that day, and off his first swing, hit a homer off Justin Verlander. He was the youngest player in Yankee history to hit a home run in major league debut. Uh, surpassed uh, Whitey Lockman as the youngest in MLB history to do so in their first plate appearance. And then just 10 days later, Dominguez was diagnosed with a torn UCL requiring Tommy John surgery, ending his season nine days after the promotion. Uh, the injury was first discomfort on the third and then not fully diagnosed until the 10th. Uh, expected to take up to nine to 10 months, but as so we've seen- Oh, yeah, as we've seen in in recovery in Bryce Harper, I mean, in, in Shohei Otani, guys can be DHs, but, or, or be, become first baseman uh if if uh in this recovery you got a couple of those uh but he uh hit four home runs in eight games in you, in in those in those in that brief 
MLB career. So he hit a home run for the Yankees in his first Major League Plate appearance. First swing. Yes. Kind of like Marcus Temps. Kind mm. of like Marcus Temps. Mm. <laughs> nice callback. Perfect. Not off Randy Johnson, but off Justin Verlander. Off Justin Verlander. Off Hall of Pretty damn yeah. good. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, he's, his, team, is he, his career is going to end up like Marcus Sims? Pass. They, <laughs> hey, if, if Sean is trying to will it to uh, have them both be part of the 2024 White Sox, so how about that? Oh, I'm not trying to will anything. That's the thing is, like, I don't know who – because – Steven, our guy, is saying, don't do that. Don't Make give me Mr. hope Hockey. On, on Jason Dominguez. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Hockey, Steven quoting, Nicholas. Quoting Hawkeye. And then our yeah. great friend, uh, Fred, up here uh, said, uh, no, oh, pass on Dominguez, but sorry, he said it a little bit earlier. Uh, a little, just a little bit earlier, so sorry, Sarah. Uh, These Dominguez rumors scare me. The dude gives me Moncada vibes, so I say no, no, no. And this is not something that just is exclusive to Fred. I've seen this on Twitter Uh so, I mean, like this is, this is, people have said the Dominguez uh, Moncada stuff. The one thing that I don't understand from Fred, and he's been here on the tumbleweed to 101 losses throughout the 2023 year. Um, why would that be a bad thing? At Yohan this point Moncada in his career, right? From yeah. Yeah. The acquisition in 2016 to 2019 was a player that received MVP votes, thanks, James Fegan, was a plus. Uh, hitter at like 109 OPS. He was hor- horrible career. in 2018. He was, yeah. but I mean, still, like you take uh, from uh, in the 1,460 plate appearances from 2016 to 2019, he had an OPS plus of 114. I mean, that's it, fine. He, he was yeah. bad in 2018, but he was he was he was above average in 2017, and he was great in 2019, all while giving you Gold Glove defense, and that led to a five-year, 75 million dollar extension. That is not a bad way to graduate as a top prospect and then get a major league contract for five years, $75 million. Yes, Yoan obviously has gone through some things, has not really delivered on that contract. That sucks, but that also happens. Jason Dominguez, in, in, in no way I, I see any parallels. Like, Dominguez is a switch hitter. Yoan Moncada is a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. They're both top prospects. They well, both seem go. very talented at baseball. <laughs> I don't. I, what What is the downside to Jason Dominguez? He's not a Moncada fan. That's what he says. I I just say I don't, like I don't, I don't, why? I don't know. But I wouldn't deal with the Yankees because their prospects are not high enough. I don't think it's good enough. But that guy seems great. He seems like he can do some damage. And if you're hitting fastballs opposite field to off of Justin Verlander. You're good with me. And he looks a little compact. And if he plays center field, we have to shift over to right field. But uh, eventually, when he recovers from his uh, Tommy John, but I'm all in for the player. I, I would never um, reject a player because he reminds me of another player. Yoan Moncada's only problem with me is that he can, continues to get hurt. If he reminds you of Yoan Moncada, that's a good thing for me. Just sands the injuries. Injuries are not a thing that people do to themselves. Like, Yohan's not wanting to have his back hurt. He's not wanting to have his legs hurt. He wants to be healthy. When he's playing, and especially in the late part of this year, you saw what it was. You saw what it was early in the year when he did that in Houston. When Yohan's right, he's pretty damn good. And that's few and far between because of the injuries. But if he comes in, if he's like Yohan Mankata but stays on the field, baby, let's go. Yeah, there's a big difference between not being a Yoan Moncada fan in 2024 versus not being a Yoan Moncada right. fan in 2019. And maybe you weren't in 2019 for your own reasons, but uh, certainly your opinion of him now 
whether you're uh, uh, a uh, you know, a fan who's happy to be biased or or someone like me who's just watching what's going on, your opinion is much different of Yohan Moncada now than it was five years ago. Right, and yeah. even the, <laughs> like the Red Sox back then seemed kind of like the Orioles now in the way that like they had so many top prospects to deal, right? Kopech was a top prospect and like very high thought of. Moncada was highly thought of. Devers was highly thought of. Like Devers seems to be their Jackson Holiday, and like I can't even go back to that trade and be like, oh, well, they could have gotten more. Like oh. the Red Sox weren't giving up Rafael Devers. They got the most out of the Boston Red Sox that they possibly could have. And through 2019, like, it's it's mainly injuries that have, like, dere- injuries in the pandemic that have derailed Michael Kopech and Makata's career. And you've got my, my man Basabe. Yeah, he plays the league. Easy to forget about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it, Dominguez, let's talk about him first just because he was their top prospect the Yankees top prospect uh pre-2020 baseball America he was 38th in baseball pre-2021 he was 33 then pre-2022 87 pre-2023 uh 67 so there has been a fall off but I just I I don't know why and hey I'm not a professional scout but 2022 uh, 273 batting average, 270 or 376 on base, 461 slugging, an 837 OPS, and that's in uh, single A, advanced A, and uh, double A. Uh, 16 homers, 72 walks, 128 strikeouts, and that's as a 19 year old. And then in 2023, in 118 games in triple A and double A, he had 15 home runs. 40 stolen bases, 83 walks, 103 strikeouts, a 265 batting average, a 377 on base percentage, a 425 slugging, an 802 OPS. I understand that's down 30% from his his last year, but hey, he's only 20. Give him a break. Uh, and then yeah, he had a 980 OPS in his eight games in the major leagues. So he's coming off UCL surgery, which maybe that's the big thing. Is you know that's why the Yankees might be able to part with a 20 year old with this much potential. Also, their current major league roster is fairly full with Judge, Soto, and Verdugo. So is it just like, like, can you get this type of prospect? Because I have an inflated sense of this prospect, and maybe he's not the player that I'm thinking that he, he could be. Um, but he's not going to play on the Yankees this year. Right. You just, I mean, like, like one of those three gets hurt. Which, right. And, well, and he's, he's also hurt. And then... Stanton gets hurt. I'm just saying, like, their plans for him are for not be gone in the boogie down in 2024. So it's easy for them to give up on him. Excuse me. I was about to cough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the win out mode. Yeah. They, they need Dylan Cease. <laughs> to match with uh, Nestor Cortez's mustache. Yeah, and, and Carlos, Carlos Rodon's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, to look at the Yankees, though, uh, they're one of the one teams that Fangraphs has put out their top 36 prospects on for 2024. Uh, you can also look at Toronto and Phillies. Uh, but Spencer Jones is their number one prospect. Uh, one player that we haven't talked about. Uh, again, 6'6". Uh, he's got a 55 future value. And one thing I want to talk about real quick, talking about like maybe the quality of the Yankees versus the quality of the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Um, they have six players that are a 50 future value or higher. So that means average major leaguer is their projected future value at least as a floor uh two of those are starting pitchers chase hampton's 22 and a half years old will warren's 24 and a half years old uh they both have 50 future value as starting pitchers roderick arias is their fourth ranked prospect he's 19 uh and a half or so uh he's at rookie ball right now he's a shortstop eta's 2027 a future value of 50 dominguez 20.9 years old has already reached major leagues his position center field, his future value 
fielding wise is like 45. I'm not sure how his arm is. Um, so maybe he is a guy that could go over to the corner, especially obviously with Robert in center field. Uh, his ETA is 2025. 20, he seems to be major league ready or at least to get, get a shot. Uh, his future value is 50. Austin Wells, again, has made it up to the major leagues for the Yankees at catcher. Uh, he's got a future value of 50. And then Spencer Jones is their number one prospect that we haven't talked about, has reached double uh, A, uh, currently playing center field. His ETA is 2026. 20, he's got a future value of 55. Um, and again, he's he's been very impressive. Uh, he's six six, uh, ton of power, and also stole what thirty five plus eight, over forty bags. So uh, it just seems to be a very unique athlete with this build, frame, and potential power. And especially I mean, with that size, it seems like maybe not a center fielder, but maybe more naturally a, a corner bat. I've got some breaking White Sox news for you, you if you'd like it. The White Sox officially announced a one-year free agent deal for Martin Maldonado worth uh, $4.25 million with a $4 million club option for 2025. Zach Remillard DFA'd. Oh, what a turn in the Hallmark movie. The movie's over now. But that's such bad thinking. Now comeback tour. Zach Remillard. I mean, he's probably not going to get picked up on waiver. I mean, he's like 29 and probably just going to go back to Charlotte. Once a lot. Probably. I don't know. And he's going to be starring in a Hallmark movie. He will be. All right. Well, I mean, you really had my heart skipping there. Why? Over who who was going to be yeah. DFA? I'm like, we got, no, a, well, no, no. we got a different player. Oh, you said, yeah. You said breaking news. I mean, I like, it is. Because they actually yeah, signed but, him. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know that, you know. He was coming. Uh, but all right, Maldi is now official. Uh, Zach Remillard, uh, pour one out for, for Zach Remillard when you're drinking tonight. I'm sure they'll drink eventually Zach re-sign Remillard. him to the minor leagues or something, invite him to a minor league camp. They love, they love Zach. Are you ready to coach? Remy. Um, okay, yeah, but uh, it, it does seem, if you're looking at that again, six players from the Yankees, or five players that have a, a 50 future value, according to fan graphs, one with a, f- a future value of 55, that's Spencer Jones. Um it's also weird too. Like, I mean, Jones hasn't made it to the major leagues and is two years older. Like, Dominguez is a switch hitter that obviously has a smaller frame, but I mean, where's he going to play? But Dominguez? Yeah, I'm mean, no it's Jones. Like, I mean, India corner outfielder. Beat out think Gavin about, Sheets. I mean, so just think about the Yankees. Oh right, yeah. No, I mean, of course the Yankees. I mean, of course, I mean the Yankees seem to be very motivated to trade people. Yeah, like that's why they seem to be in. I mean, yeah. it, like it's because they seem to be willing to go and give up a, a Jones or Dominguez. I mean, if they weren't, I don't think the Yankees would even be brought up in the, in these conversations or would be thought of as as the Mets. Yeah. It does seem like the Yankees are motivated because they are willing to give up. Uh, some of these future outfielders. But again, you kind of question how good are they? Uh, looking back at the one for 2023 for Baltimore, this was posted in February 3rd, 2023. So obviously a whole year has changed. Yep. Um, but they have uh, six players also of 50 value or higher, but only two of them are at 50 value. D.L. Hall, uh, a multi-inning relief pitcher, and then Joey Ortiz, the middle infielder at a 50 value. Kobe Mayo, the right field, third base, first baseman, he's got a 55 future value. Grayson Rodriguez, He's got a 55 future value. Jackson Holiday, he's got a 60 future value. And Gunnar Henderson, he's got a 65 future value. Um, they do have Kerstad listed at 45 plus, and maybe after a year, Kerstad has reached that 50 level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does seem that if the White Sox are able to get a headliner of maybe Kobe Mayo, that would be equivalent to Spencer Jones. So maybe the Yankees are willing to go to Spencer Jones and, and the White Sox with Mayo's flexibility of third, first, outfield, 
maybe they're more interested in mayo, but the Orioles aren't going to that level. Um, I don't know. I, 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 are you, is he getting traded in a week? It's hard to say. It's Jerry Depoto seems like he's starting up the trade engine right now, and so maybe this is where everybody just continues like, oh, yeah, we did come off a holiday break. We're all good, refreshed, and let's get to trading a lot of people. So in my personal life, I don't like more mayo or prefer mayo over things, but if they get a player like uh, mayo in this return with Baltimore, I'm in. I, I just don't think the Yankees have enough. If that's the best deal that they're getting from the Yankees, I'm very or from the Yankees is the best deal they're getting overall. I'm very disappointed, and I I hope well, what that Chris Getz would you? be bringing it back. Jones or Dominguez aren't a good headliner. No, no, not enough. There's too much volatility there. Jones is I mean Dominguez is already hurt. Jones, I mean he can play a corner outfield position, and yes, he would be an upgrade. But all the rest. I think it falls it falls short. Those would be you said their shortstop prospect is years away. Uh, he's 19, but there's also talk that uh, again Oswald Oswald Peraza, who is currently a, a major leaguer and a former top prospect for the Yankees. Uh, he wasn't that good in his first year, but he was a former uh, near top 50 prospect uh, in both Baseball America and Baseball uh, from MLB.com. So, I mean, that, that could be somebody that they already have uh, Torres and who's their other shortstop? Um, I don't know who else they'd sign. Uh, but that Pera- Volpe. Volpe. Yeah. Uh, Peraza might be somebody that could be expendable and, you know, he's only 23. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you have a major league ready second baseman. You get Spencer Jones with his potential and six foot sixness. Um, there, I think his K rate was like 35% over the entire uh, year in double A AA or triple A. But then, uh, as James Fox pointed out on Twitter, like around June 25th, it went down all the way to 24%. So, he does seem to be like an improving hitter that's understanding the strike zone. He's against 6'6 six, six and hits the hell out of the ball and store 40 plus bags. Like, I don't know. It's a lot better than Gavin Sheets. Seems a lot more athletic. I mean, seems a lot more quicker. Seems a lot more agile. Yeah. Seems a lot. Uh, like he hits the ball harder. Yeah, like it, it does. The like, measuring stick. I, I know, but like it, it. If Spencer Jones was the right fielder in 2025, sign me up. I'm not against that. I mean, I, I have no choice of whether Andrew Benatendi's there in left field, but Luis Robert Jr. in center field, Spencer Jones in, in right field. Sure. If it's Dominguez, again, I, I don't really see the downside besides the UCL surgery. He's 21 years old, a former top prospect. If you traded, made this trade uh, on, you know, August. Uh, July 31st or whatever the trade deadline was August 1st um, and Jason Dominguez was the headliner from the Yankees before he's made his major league debut for Dylan Cease probably over the moon like I hey it goes to show what I was talking about the other day the expectations are are very interesting here and Herb as a uh, window into the thinking of White Sox fans I think the expectations are about as high as they could possibly be for what they're going to get back for Dylan Cease I think they could make a move that would get get them a really good return back and I think a lot of White Sox fans would be disappointed it seems like they're going to get a 90th percentile return from Dylan Cease I I don't I don't think that they are going to be disappointed in their return it seems like they are doing their job I don't think the White Sox will be huh I don't think the White Sox will end up disappointed but I think White Sox fans could end up disappointed But, but again why We've, we heard the reports from the Reds that they were looking for top, uh, top three prospects. And the most recent report from uh, uh, Joel Sherman, I don't know if he's just spouting that off and you know going off of what the Reds said, uh, maybe it, but if it's you know published 
two weeks later, the asking price is still consistent. And it seems like the stove is heating up. So it seems like at least some teams are showing sincere interest in paying top three premium prospects. Like it seems like the White Sox are doing everything that they should to meet a high expectation. Like I, no, it's, it's I, I don't I don't know because basically every every name you throw out there that isn't the Orioles has Herb going. Mm, no thanks. It's just because the Yankees because their prospects aren't top top. They're good, great. But I'm yeah. What, I would, is, what is top top? Who's not, top top? Those who those, are the White Sox missing out on? According according to MLB.com, yeah. The the Yankees' top three prospects are like seventy seventy five ish in baseball, yeah, right. which is really good. And but Herb says he wants top twenty or nothing. Basically. Orioles are one fourteen twenty four. Well, what if you're not getting any of those guys? You get you got to get one of those guys. Not Jackson Holiday. One you're not getting, but fourteen Colton Cowser. 24, right, Thurstead, but, but also 27, Norby. We, we, I, I think that, uh, Ortiz is 50. I, I think that, like, you, you were basing this off of what MLB.com's, like, MLB.com has a different rating than Fangraphs, it has sure, a yeah. different rating than Baseball America, it has a different rating than Baseball Prospectus. Yeah. So, like, as we just went over, like, Kobe Mayo is seen as, uh, by Baseball Prospectus, as better than Kowser or Kerstad. Yeah. So, like, what, what does the number 25 have to do with anything? Jason Dominguez was closing in as a top 30 baseball prospect, and I can look at his career and say, why the hell has he dropped? Do you know why he's dropped? Has he become a worse player? I read you all of his stats. The yeah. man just came up in his eight games, hit four home runs and a 908 OPS in, in Major League Baseball. He's not even 21 yet. Can't even have a fucking drink to celebrate. Got a UCL. <laughs> UCL, man. You, you, know, you know what you, really helps if you, if you have the speed to go run down a fly ball. You, and you, you don't have to throw it. You need an arm. I don't know. You need uh, an arm to throw it. Uh, Beef Loaf saying uh, to tell you that uh, nobody trades top 20 overall prospects, which, hey, uh, you know, again, I... I, I I, I think that you can make the case that somebody out there probably has Jason Dominguez as a top 20 prospect or possibly has Spencer Jones as a top 20 prospect. You could even do that with, with the Orioles guys and, and, and Kobe Mayo or Kowser or whatever. Like, I, I think, again, if you were getting three premium prospects, if you were getting three of their top five prospects from the Yankees or the Orioles, you think that's a bad... T- like, like, if they get three of the top five from someone's consensus, you would be upset. Yes, from somebody. What do you want? I want actual good players. Sean, we're gonna wrap this up. You, <laughs> Hit the like thumbs you, up button. Are you guys gonna accept a deal from the worst farm system in baseball or the best? I know the Yankees are not the worst farm system in baseball, but but as I just showed di- you, levels. There's I, levels to I, this. I know, I know. But as you know, I just our, sho- as, as I just showed you when we went to the when we went to the, yes, the Yankees, future values. I got it. And the MLB, I got it. I don't, I don't think they're ready for it. But the only guys that are different, like the only guys that are significantly better with the Orioles are Henderson, who was at a 65 future value, and then Jackson Holiday, who's at a 60. But the Yankees don't have any year. of those guys. Right, but like, what, that's what I'm saying. Like the, <coughs> Kobe Mayo didn't go up to a 60. Like the, none of those guys are 60. Rate, like they're all 55 or 50 still. Like it's really tough to get a 60 or 65. And it, as B-Flow said, again, like you don't trade those guys. <laughs> Because they're near projected all-stars already. Yeah, but that is just a another projection thing that is doesn't mean it's That's what perfect. prospects are, man. Yeah. <laughs> God, they're all that. I, I, I want to do an emergency. Can we call it an emergency podcast if he gets traded? Who? Cease. Yeah. yeah. 
Of course. Okay. No, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's know. got some faux pas over the emergency it's just, podcast. It's just, you know, the word. It's It seems like there's emergency usually okay. means bad. Well, hopefully there's an urgent podcast <laughs> soon urgent and we bit. can we can complain and Covers. whine about the uh, return that Chris Getz is unfortunately going to get for Dylan Cease. I'd like to see him in a White Sox uniform, but it does seem like at some point, I think before the end of January, Dylan Cease will have a new team. Hit that thumbs up button. We will have you for whenever that urgent podcast or emergency podcast happens. Thankfully, we were already live and didn't have to go urgent podcast for Martin Maldonado's breaking Becoming news. official. Yes, uh, but hit that thumbs up button. We really appreciate it uh be fantastic to uh have you guys uh engage with this i would um, have the uh, pitcher be zach remillard released instead of martin maldonado sign if we oh, did that emergency <laughs> podcast that's fair i could take that um but yeah that's vinnie duber you can follow him at vinnie duber he's our chgo white Sox beat writer that's herb lawrence you can follow him at a 23 he's our chgo white Sox community leader and i'm sean anderson you can follow me at sean underscore w underscore anderson thank you to sarah for producing the show and uh we started at 329 we'll end at 429 on a, on a exact hour goodbye Y'all city like the mayor. 